0: Hello and welcome to episode 15 of The List Makers for a big topic today. I'm Dave.
1: And I'm Rob.
0: And this is a mini podcast from the Doctor Who show where, look, as you probably know by now, we take a top five topic, we create our lists, we discuss them, no hard and fast rules, all about the chat. And the topic, Rob, today, our big topic is top five classic Doctor Who stories.
1: Does it get any bigger than this, Dave?
0: I guess maybe top five Doctor Who stories of all time, maybe. Oh,
1: yeah, okay. uh,
0: That would would be even tougher. But uh, no, no, we have got top five classic Doctor Who stories. And Rob, it is your unenviable task to create your list first this week. Oh,
1: my gosh, is it? Okay. (laughs) I've got my notes here, Dave. Let's go. Let's go. In at number five, I'm going with Spearhead from Space. Just a glorious story from start to finish Being shot on film, I think, gives it that wonderful TV movie kind of feel And being the first colour story always has a sort of a magical appeal to me as well So many things just work from the start But I guess it's because they've been trying all these things You know, being back on Earth, Unit and so on Throughout the Troughton era And all of a sudden it comes together with this new alien menace A new man in the role Jeez, it's hard to fault I love it In at number four, City of Death, one of the things that really drags down a lot of classic Who is the look of the stories, I think. When you get something filmed on location, it can really lift a piece. I think of something like, The Androids of Tara which isn't a particularly amazing story but I find it super enjoyable to watch because of the location filming and the way it feels a hundred times more real than many of the other stories around it in in that era. You know no matter how good the script, if you've got Tom Baker in a dodgy BBC set it never looks as good. So City of Death being both an interesting idea and a well written story and having the leads running around Paris, it's like a bam bam you know, a, a double punch, a win on both counts, Dave, an absolute no-brainer to show non-fans who want to experience a one-off 70s story. Number three, The Seeds of Doom. I find it really hard to include this in some ways, as it's another Tom in the listing, and it seems utterly wrong that I've not put in a Hartnell or a Trouton into the list here, but this story is, I think, gosh, I don't even know the right word. It's certainly... Grotesque in places, it's scary, it it feels like you imagine all 1970s television was, and certainly there's this feeling. That it's the more adult side of Doctor Who. And isn't it crazy that this was a kid's show, you know, rating its ass off? I think I think over ten or eleven million people were watching the episodes in this sort of period or for this story particularly. That's
0: just crazy. Including young kids.
1: Including young kids! So it feels like an important story to have here. Even though I may love pyramids or Wang Chang or Fang Rock or whatever, also from Tom's era, this feels maybe a bit more epic, perhaps. I don't know. In at number two, Remembrance of the Daleks. I go on about this story a lot, so I promise not to do so here. In part, this is due to when I saw it. I really came into fandom around the time of season 23, which was such a misfire then we had the trauma of losing Colin and the new boy's first season wasn't so great. Then we got to season 25 and it's like, what happened? Seriously, did the production office stop taking silly pills? You know, what What has happened? This is five times better than the stories from the previous year. How? Actually, I don't care how. Number one.
0: <laughs> number one.
1: Number one. People are going to get this. Caves of Androzani. People are going to roll their eyes at this Dave, either because they know I love Davo and they think I'm one-eyed on the topic or they reckon the story is overrated or whatever. But this is my genuine point of view. I know, well, I think so many things come together here. The Doctor and Perry are working so well together. The Devo Doctor finally hits his stride in his final story. Uh, (laughs) Shara's Jack is the nutcase we all needed to have. The shady dealings between Androzani Major and Minor feel quite realistic. John Normington is amazing. There's real peril going on. Uh, I've said before how I like the Doctor's clothes getting all messed up, like he's actually in a real environment and not just walking pristine through an adventure. It just feels so good to me, so right. And again, there might be eye rolls out there as I say all this. There maybe people saying that's not what doctor who should be i get all of that and i don't care this is my number one it's fantastic wow that's quite a list i'm fired up dave you are
0: fired up this is this is good <laughs> how many snaps do you reckon i've got with you
1: Ah, uh, um, two
0: two okay well we'll find out okay so my list starts with a snap so there's at least one
1: <laughs> yes
0: Number five, I have also got The City of Death for all the reasons that you noted about the production, about Paris, about the location filming. But beyond all that, it is just such a wonderful, witty script. It is a witty script. It's not a comedy in that everybody's going around and just doing it for the laughs. It's a witty script in that it is a serious piece of drama that is done in a witty and clever way. Mm -hmm. It's obviously written by Douglas Adams, that's a big deal. The cast is absolutely superb. Almost every one of them is a recognisable name actor who's gone on and, and, and known for bigger things. But you feel as though everybody in the production has seen how good this is going to be and all taken it to the next level. The music, the mm. model work, the special effects, the costuming, it all just comes together. And look, I have to quote that line from the Discontinuity Guide, just when you think it can't get any better, John Bloody Cleese turns up. <laughs> Exactly. My number four is The Dalek Invasion of Earth. Oh, yeah. I think this is as good as the Hartnell era gets. I think it's as good as the Daleks get. I think when you look at what the show was doing at this point, it is absolutely confident and in charge, and it's daring to do things. The location filming, again, as you mentioned with City of Death, the location filming here around London is just extraordinarily good and really makes this feel like... An epic sort of story. The Daleks are never more evil, wicked, nasty, and successful Mm -hmm. as they are here. They have actually invaded the Earth successfully, and that gives their credibility a lot. And I think you've got a really strong TARDIS team that just works in a really epic adventure. This is amazing 60s television. Mm -hmm. Number three, a beautiful, in some ways, story, and another one that's just so well written. And another Tom to add to the list, Yeah, that is the Robots of Death.
1: Oh, yeah. Great.
0: I sometimes sort of say to myself, does this deserve to be as high on the list as it is? Because it doesn't seem to quite have the epicness of an Androzani or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing here that I think isn't perfectly done and nothing here that I wouldn't change. The script is, again, clever intelligent, the characters are real characters, the world building here is perhaps as good as world building in Doctor Who gets Um, the way that the director has just gone full blow with the Art Deco surroundings and the costuming and everything it just just looks gorgeous without being expensive and again I just wouldn't change anything this is an incredibly watchable piece of Doctor Who Mm -hmm. number two The Seeds of Doom. Hey, we got two. We got two. And look, I think that this is just an extraordinary piece of Doctor Who. You're right in that it's a very unusual piece of Doctor Who, but so is Caves of Androzani. In some ways, so is City of Death. They are standout stories because they are pushing the format out there. And this is, again, just beautifully made. The casting is exquisitely good. The characters are good. The location filming is effective. The music by Jeffrey Bergen is really effective. The Doctor is desperate. The Doctor is still funny. Um, It's just a really dramatic thing. And and those final shots of the crinoid over the house are spectacular. Mm -hmm. And it's also got in it the scene that most terrified me as a child, which is... The scene of the man turning into the crinoid. I think that's yeah. that's as terrifying as Doctor Who ever got. So it's an amazing story with Tom and Liz Slayton in good form. Look, the final one, again, listeners could have guessed yours. They can probably guess mine. And that is, of course, Doctor Who and the Silurians. Yeah. This is seven parts of absolute awesomeness. It is one of the most <laughs> intelligent scripts that the show ever does. It doesn't flag over the course of its seven episodes. You've got monsters, but monsters in that Malcolm Hulk style with character and understandable motivations mm. and, and sympathy for them. You've got the Brigadier really just so strong and already forming that that sort of that, that really top friendly but competitive relationship between the Doctor and the Brigadier that's so effective. Paul Darrow turns up. Again, you've got serious location footage being used in a proper way. It feels as though you're in big, empty moorland because, of course, you are. And then... Just when you think it can't get any better, you get that whole B-plot of the virus. I mean, how relevant is that to us these days? But those shots, again, of Waterloo Station as people are falling down, Doctor Who doesn't get any more terrifying and dramatic and and real Mm. than than all of that. Great cliffhangers, perfectly in great form. I think that this is, as I say, as well-made and intelligent a story as we had. So, Rob, we promised we were not going to... um, have any more than five on our list this time, because I think once you go to six, you kind of feel as you can go to 10 or 20, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it's very easy to do. A couple of stories that I sort of struggle to not get in here. I would have liked to have an historical, probably Marco Polo, maybe the Aztecs in there. Uh, yeah. I, I was very close to putting Remembrance in there, like you, Survival, I think is also really good. If I hadn't had Silurians, I would have had Inferno. If I hadn't had Seeds of Doom, I would have had Pyramids of Mars. Yep. You know, there, there are lots of stories that sort of could go in there, but I think they feel they're represented by others. What What did you struggle to to knock it in?
1: Oh, Dave, there, there were so many. I I didn't even note them down, but you know, it, it's all the usual suspects. I mean, Dalek invasion of Earth, which you had. I have previously waxed lyrical about. There are there are several Trouton stories I'm very fond of. I could have thrown the invasion in there pretty easily. You know, when we're into Pert, we season seven is is amazing. And I did have a season seven story in there, but gosh, I could have had more if if I didn't have spearhead or or maybe even if I did have spearhead. Tom, I threw two Toms in. Davo, I had a Devo. Sylve, I had a Sylve. Colin was probably the more problematic one. I think there's probably only two good stories in his first season and then trial is a bit ropey. So yeah, that they were my basic thoughts on that. I wanted to pick up on, you know, I mentioned City of Death being good because of the location stuff, and and you agree. Uh, but then one of your choices, Robots of Death, is is like a studio based thing. But I think that's a very clever thing because it's it's meant to be all enclosed in this space that they can't go outside of because outside is so hostile. You know, the environment is so hostile they can't go out, so they've got to be indoors. So you accept that. It, it makes sense. You know what I mean?
0: You, you do. And it also adds to the claustrophobia of the story and that, that, that yeah. you know, base under siege, trapped in a small confined space part of the story. Although we should note the model work with the, the sand miner is really good. Yeah. But the other thing is they say, okay, if human beings are trapped inside an environment for a prolonged period of time... How would they make that environment look? And they would put out couches, they'll have pretty walls, they'll have nice designs, they'll yeah. have nice good looking robots, they'll you know, have fancy clothes, things to, to sort of alleviate the drudgery of what they're doing. And so I think you're right, it, it it does all pull together and work really well, but it is a thing in common. You go through most of our eight picks and they are all most all recognized for strong location footage.
1: Yeah, well, I'm looking at Remembrance. That certainly is. Caves has studio stuff, of course, but that's representing caves. When they're outside the caves and running up and down those sand hills and, you know, people shooting machine guns at Davo, that's all outside. That looks great.
0: Yeah, and even though it's just another sand quarry, it's directed in such a way by Harper that it feels like a big sand quarry you know it feels like a planet and and you actually do feel as though you're moving from june to june and place to place and so that's really effective but Mm. look rob you did you did pull up there just on um doctors again across the eight picks five of them in the 70s three toms and two johns
1: i don't think that's any accident to be honest
0: (laughs) no no look I, i think that i mean these are eras of the show that are well regarded for the collaboration of producer script editor and lead actor Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and indeed lead actresses as well. I mean, you you think about how, how many of these stories have got Sarah Jane in them, for example, how many have got other strong companions, which which says a lot. We got a Hartnell in there. I, as I said, I could have had another very easily. I'm disappointed we got no Troutons between us. And I mm. think had we known we were going to have two snaps and so we were only having eight picks between us, I would have then thrown in a tomb or an evil. You would have thrown in an invasion. and yes. and, and, and And I think we would have got there. McCoy, we've got one in there. I could easily have had survival. I'm, I'm with you on the Collins. I hate to say it, but there just isn't a colon that is top five worthy in my view. I think I think no. Varus is good. I think he is good in vervoids, but it's not an awesome story. Um, you said no, it's
1: good it, within the season, but it's not good overall. Maybe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, I, I think I think the sixth doctor is at his best as a character in Vervoids. Yes, absolutely. Um, and it's probably the best story of, of Trial. Is it as good as, you know, Remembrance of the Daleks? Or Cajun Kazan- mm, no. Aguasani? <laughs> Sorry, no. it's not. It's, <laughs> it's not. Um, any thoughts that come to your mind about the whole list?
1: Oh, gosh, I'm, I'm just looking at my picks here and then yours, the ones you had that I did not in Dalek Invasion of Earth, Robots of Death, Silurians. Mm. It was a real toss-up, I guess, to have another John in there or another Tom because I keep coming back to what you said a moment ago about the 70s. It really is the, the great era of the show. And like I said about Seeds of Doom, 10 or 11 million people are watching that story. Yeah. You know, when when I looked it up and reminded myself, I was like, yeah, the, the ratings were just through the roof for this period. So I, I'm not really surprised by where we've gone. The Pat thing is, is a, is a hmm, bit problematic because he is so good.
0: And it's not like we don't love some classic Pat stories. I mean, we, we've, we've oh, named, God, no. you know, Evil Power, Tomb Invasion, Web of Fear. Like, you know, you can name a, a war game. You, you can just keep naming really good Pat's, and it's just a shame that we we didn't get one in there. One thing that I've just noticed looking at our list of eight, mm-hmm. there's a lot of very what some might call dark, others might call slightly more horrific stories in there. Maybe a bit more adult, like Spearhead from Space. You get people brutally slaughtered by. Autons and Autons killing civilians in in mm-hmm. London. Silurians, you have you know half of London down with a plague and some brutal deaths. Seeds of Doom's about as violent as it gets and probably as violent <laughs> as, as the Doctor gets. The Doctor's going around waving guns and punching people and people get mulched. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <You know? Yep. laughs> Dalek Invasion of Earth is, is, is just horrible in some ways. Um, even Remembrance has got a pretty high body count and some nasty deaths. Andrazani, that's as bleak as... Davo gets. Um, is this a reflection about us? Is it a reflection about the show?
1: We seem to be leaning more towards gun than frock,
0: I would say, <laughs> Dave. A, I think so. Um, City of Death's probably the only frock in there, and even, even that's got a few punches.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thanks to Duggan. Thanks
0: to Duggan, yeah. Um, is it? Is it because we're, we're, we're all grown up now and we like to pretend that Doctor Who is a serious grown-up thing, or... Are they just better stories and when there's a bit more nastiness and violence and tension, the, the drama feels a bit amped up?
1: Oh, well, we could talk about this for an hour on its own, Dave. Uh, the, the whole gun and frock thing and what's, what's best or why do we lean towards things? I think it's because if you're in a dangerous universe or, or here on Earth with aliens coming to us and those things are dangerous, then they should be shown as dangerous. You know, I I know it's fun to have these romps and runarounds and isn't this so jolly? And I think of something like Love and Monsters in New Who and, you know, the Absorbaloft is is very much a comedy thing even though it's terrible and and absorbing people. Mm. But I like to think that if a Dalek is trundling around you know, driving through walls like it's a little tank, you know, blowing people away, that you show that and you show that it's a real thing and it's scary and it's horrible. That's what it is. You know, to, to have all these concepts that are, that are meant to be scary but you don't show them being scary or you don't show them being violent, it's kind of like pulling a punch. I think that's about the best way I can describe it. Yeah, it's like writers pulling punches. And I think, why are you pulling punches? This is a deadly thing. Show it being deadly. Otherwise, why are we doing it?
0: Yeah, look, I, I, I'm with you. I think there's a reason why so many of those Dalek stories are right up there in a lot of people's lists, certainly on mine, I think on yours. And, and that is because there's something a bit terrifying about, you know, one Dalek is enough to exterminate them all and they're yes. going to come through and, okay, this is this is a bit more serious and I'm going to sit on the edge of my seat or clutch my pillow a little bit tighter or, I mean, I'm not going to hide behind the couch, but, you know, that's, that's <laughs> the expression that people use. So I, I think that that is... Um, another theme that we've seen in our list as well so look that was a lot of fun but time is rapidly running out
1: gosh that was quick
0: it was so time to pull another topic from turlo's hat of Rasselon. yes Ooh, a new who topic next time okay top five new who yeah writers oh Ooh. Mm, okay so listeners we will be talking about top five new who writers next time until then I've been Dave
1: and I've been Rob
0: and we will make some more lists shortly farewell goodbye mm-hmm.